Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 42 of the Mimi B Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and you're listening to the Mimi B Magazine podcast, a lifestyle podcast all on health, relationships, sex, career, and self-development. This podcast is designed to entertain, inspire, and to motivate you to become the best version of yourself possible. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey guys, I'm here with Meg today. She's a holistic nutritionist and she specializes in all things gut health and skin health. So her main thing is talking about acne and helping her clients through acne breakouts, but she also knows a ton on eczema, rosacea, and other skin issues. So welcome, Meg. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Amazing. I know a lot of listeners have struggled with skin issues, as have I. Um, I've never really struggled with acne too much, like just some hormonal pimples here and there. But I've struggled with rosacea on my arms and a little bit on my face for literally for ages. Do you think that's like completely gut related or do you think that's just like how I am? Well, honestly, so I have a couple clients with rosacea and gut health and skin health are just so tied. It's it's really insane. Um, but I also will mention that some people just have um, really sensitive skin to certain irritants and product. So it, that's the hardest part is trying to figure out external care sometimes for things like rosacea because you want to make sure it's really like calming ingredients, nothing too active to kind of aggravate things. Um, but every time we get the gut health under control, usually um, the inflammation comes down. And it's also making sure, and I know you you eat really well as well. You're really focused on that. Um, so that would be helpful too. But it's getting the acidity and the inflammation out of the body for, for rosacea as well. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So let's just say you have a client that comes through your door and they're like, oh my God, I have so many um, skin issues. I've had it my entire life and I eat pretty healthy. I don't know what to do. What would you say? Yeah. So I would say, I'm going to tell you most of the clients that walk through my door are eating a pristine diet. So when it comes to chronic acne, which means usually you've had it for more than five years, which is the majority of my clients and myself, that, um, it, it, it's usually a deep rooted hormonal issue, But to get to that hormonal issue, you have to kind of start with gut work, move on to liver, make sure all the organs of elimination are not sluggish and working well, and then you can kind of start to dive into the hormonal work. So it's it's really, it's a process. You have to kind of go step by step to make sure the body doesn't kind of react horribly too, because you can get really bad detox reactions if you just kind of go blindly into taking supplements. Um, Mm. But diet obviously plays a part, but... The thing with diet is that I find most people, and I, I was like this, so I struggled with acne for over a decade. And I basically, I went to every practitioner under the sun and nothing worked. And I finally went to um, school, became a holistic nutritionist and healed myself. So mm-hmm. the thing with diet is you become really, really restrictive and it really breeds this unhealthy kind of guilt attitude towards food. So if you're on this diet for acne where you're not eating sugar, you're not eating dairy, the thing that would happen with me and most clients is you'd, you'd eat a piece of cheese, you'd freak out about eating the dairy and be like, I'm going to break out so much tomorrow. And you'd break out probably because of the stress, not so much yeah. the food. So I try to be really careful with clients when it comes to like diets. I don't like the word either. Um, just because you can get really caught up in kind of an unhealthy attitude towards food um, when it comes to acne. 
Yeah, I completely agree. And when it comes to anything, even like weight loss, like totally, literally anything food related, if it becomes an obsession, it's just even more unhealthy than eating, you know, like some fries here and there. Yeah, so. which I mean, you're hu- like, you have to enjoy your life too, right? I mean, I know people are, they always talk about the 80 20 rule. I'm more like 70 30, to be quite honest with you, because mm-hmm. I do indulge. I, I like my wine. I like to have kind of, you know, a burger here and there. I Jeez. honestly don't think there's anything, you know, wrong with that. Cheese. Cheese forever. <laughs> Why is it so good, right? Like, I mean, cheese I, is just the one thing. I Like, who doesn't like cheese? I, I speak about this literally <laughs> probably in every podcast I record. Like, <laughs> every health expert or any, like, expert that I have on this podcast, I'm like, okay, so can I eat cheese? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, like, my main life, like, pleasure. Yeah, um, you gotta – I mean, honestly, though, they are coming up with so many good, um, like, cashew-based alternatives. Like, it mm-hmm. kind of is mind-blowing. So I, I do love that aspect. But, yeah. For sure. <laughs> and also quality. There. Yes, quality. of course, of course, of course. Um, but yeah, okay. So, okay. So how would you, if you have this client and she's eating a pristine diet, like you mm-hmm. say, yep. but she has these internal issues, what can somebody do that's listening right now to change their insides for the better, even though they're eating a good diet, but they're still having skin issues? Like what are some things? Yeah. So, okay. The number one thing is I do recommend if you do have a a pretty extreme skin issue to not try to navigate it alone. It's just very confusing. There's certain supplements that are meant for certain people and that really should be based on an expert understanding your body and your physicality. Um, but there are of course some basic things that you can start to do. The first thing would be, um, to kind of based on your symptoms, figure out what's happening. Obviously look at digestion first, you know, look at your bowel movements. Are you having them every day? What do they look like? Are they, you know, soft and well-formed? Are they like loose and watery? Are they those little pellets? Are you even having one every day? Like that alone is going to tell you so much about your gut health, looking at your poop. Like it's, I know it sounds outrageous, Mm -hmm. but getting, getting really comfortable with that and kind of like doing a food diary and poop diary with that and see what's going on. And then really working on nourishing your gut. So my favorite and top things that I always, always do are um, obviously high quality probiotic, uh, digestive bitters, because they actually train your digestive organs to secrete the juices that you need to properly have optimal digestion, essentially. So you can be on them for like three months. And then once you're off them, your body learns what to do, opposed to taking digestive enzymes every day where you're reliant on it. Um, okay, so wait, 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 pause for a second. Yeah. Digestive bitters. I have those. When yes. do I take them? They're in a little bottle, like a yes. dripper bottle. Yes. How much do I take? When do I take it? Yeah, so take a dropper full, ideally 15 to 20 minutes before each meal. Got it. And what does it do exactly? So it because it it is basically just a mix of bitter herbs. So that basically signals your body to prepare for food coming in. So it it basically signals to your liver, your gallbladder, your your intestines, your colon to basically be like prepare for food coming. So they secrete all the digestive juices to properly break down the food. So you're not only you're absorbing it properly, but you're assimilating it into the body as well. Interesting. So I put it under my tongue and let it sit, or do I just swallow it? 
I just put it on, on top of my tongue and swallow it. Like you can put it in a bit of water if you don't like the taste. But I mean, I really never had an issue with with the taste. Mm-hmm. Um, that is my go-to. And I'm, I, I'm kind of shocked at how many people in the nutrition world actually choose enzymes over bitters. They're, you know, I think because mm-hmm. most clients, it's a compliance thing. It's way easier to take a pill with a meal rather than have to worry about taking a dropper full of bitters before each meal. But I mean, the results are just so fantastic. I, like, I love yeah. them. You should do an experiment, do it for the next month and let me know how it goes. Okay, so it's before every meal or just once a day? I would before every big meal. So I not before like snacks. Like if you're having a handful of almonds, that's fine. But I would do it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Okay, great. So that in conjunction with like really eating a healthy diet, what do you think a healthy diet is for skin? Like what's the ideal skin diet? Yeah. So honestly, like more healthy fat, high protein, low carb is kind of where I'm at. Um there are a few acne triggering foods that I want people to avoid. So that's dairy, sugar, anything processed or refined, peanuts and peanut butter, uh, peanut oil, canola oil, and corn oil are, are kind of like the big ones to stay away from. Gluten is one of those things, right? I mean, for me, if you're not having severe stomach issues to gluten or like any like pretty, pretty severe reactions to eating it, I wouldn't say, you know, I'm never saying to eat white bread all the time, but Go, to go so far as to be gluten-free, if you're not really experiencing gluten allergy, I don't know if that's completely necessary, but avoiding it where you can and obviously making like the healthier choices. I really like Ezekiel bread, so those like spreaded breads in the freezer if you have to have like a toaster or a sandwich or anything because mm-hmm. they're so nutrient-dense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't really eat – like I eat like – I don't really eat white pasta. I always eat like chickpea pasta, like lentil pasta, that kind of thing. Um, so those are all like really great alternatives. But it, like I said, it's it's really just focusing on whole foods and low-carb, high, high healthy fat, lots of fiber and greens at every meal. Like so oh many vegetables, all the vegetables. Great. Literally preach. That's my diet and yeah. I'm obsessed yeah. with it. Like, yeah. And don't I- you feel so good? I'm telling you, I feel incredible. Mm -hmm. My digestion has been on point, like seriously on point. But you know what I've noticed since I've been doing no sugar? What? I've been adding stevia to a lot. Like I've been adding those stevia drops, like smoothies, this, that. I'll make like, you know, like healthy hot chocolate with like a bunch of stevia in it. And I really feel like it messes with my digestion. So I've been kind of trying to cut that out recently and to just kind of get used to not having everything so sweet. And I feel like my digestion has been so much better. Yeah, stevia is one of those things I've never liked the taste, so I could I never really it. get behind it. Um, like for me, I don't feel like I I kind of like I don't really like sweet things, so I think I'm fine without I, like without having any sugar. Like it doesn't bug me too much, and I think also, and I'm sure you'll come to um, realize too as you cut it out. Your your taste buds change within a couple of weeks. So then, once it's cut out completely, you don't want anything sweet again. So even just taking the stevia out, I'm sure within the next couple of weeks, you're not even going to want it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're so right. And I've I've gone through phases without it, and I've been fine. Mm-hmm. And then I go through phases with it, and I'm just like, oh, it's fine, it's healthy. There's no sugar, yeah. but it's like, no, it kind of messes with my digestion. Um, but yeah, I 100 think this kind of way of eating is is ideal, and you should be going to the bathroom every day. And yes. people don't like to talk about poo no, because it's this like big gross thing that girls don't do, but we do. I know. (laughs) That's going to change. And I think it is. I think it's starting to shift. But I mean, like I have friends and relationships where, I mean, and I, I, you know, I used to be this girl too. I used to be 
terrified of poof. I would never fart in front of anyone. Like I really was quite crazy. Then I went to nutrition school and like everything changed for me. Now I talk about it all the time with friends, family, like how's your poop doing? You know, like so, so to the opposite kind of end of the spectrum. But I do have girlfriends who've been with, you know, boyfriends for five years and they're like, no, no, no. Like I've, I've never farted in front of him or like I've never, I've never pooped like where he's known. Oh my God. You know? Like how when is first- that healthy? That's not healthy. When I first started dating Ben, my boyfriend, like the first like eight months of our relationship, like my stomach would hurt because I would just like never let myself like hurt or anything. Like I was actually getting crampy. Well, that's the problem. Yeah. You're making yourself sick. Literally. And also I remember I went to his parents' house for the weekend and like at least for the first, like at least eight months of our relationship and we only been together for a year. Like every time I'd go to the countryside to go to his parents' house, I would not go to the bathroom at all in like three or four days because I was just so nervous. (laughs) Just like God forbid, like the toilet clogs or some sort of disaster. You're just thinking like worst case scenario. And then I leave looking pregnant from bloating and I'm just like, oh my God. But now it's so funny. Like we've kind of made it like a cute joke. So it's like, I bought this like um, stool that you, that you kind of, you know, the the squatty potty. Yeah, but it's not a squatty potty. It's just like a stool. So it's like easily concealed in my flat. (laughs) I'm like, oh, it's just a stool. I'm short, so I need stools in my house. <laughs> That's amazing. <Nope. laughs> yeah. So I, it, it's in my hallway, and, like, every time I go to the bathroom, like, every morning, like, I'll bring it with me because it's so much easier, and, like, it just, like, happens so much, you know, be- it happens way better when I use it. And it's, of like, course. there's science behind it, right? Like, if you have your feet elevated, like – your your digestion just releases easier or something. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's um, just how we're supposed to be, you know, going to the washroom. I, like yeah. the, the modern toilet is just like a modern thing that, you know, that's not how it used to be at all. Totally. So it's so funny because now Ben, my boyfriend, like, God, I hope he doesn't listen to this. He <laughs> would kill me every morning now too. He's like, okay. And then he'll take it to the bathroom himself because he likes it now. And I'm just like, you're so Amazing. cute. See? Couples who poop yeah. together stay together, I swear to you. Yeah, except I would never, like, ever do it while he's, like, brushing his teeth. No. Like, yeah, I just started no, 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 in no, front no, of no. him. The door is closed, <laughs> but I mean, like, you know. I still run the tap. Yeah, like, I run the tap, too. Okay, That's just, like, good. the polite girl thing. You know, you don't want to, like, hear it. I get that part. But, I mean, he yeah. obviously, like, they know that we poop. I think that's the bottom line. Like, girls poop. They yeah. definitely poop. <laughs> <laughs> But for sure, since eating this type of diet, like the higher healthy fat, tons of fiber, like my my meals are based around vegetables. Yes. Like that's just what they are. And um, ever since eating this kind of way, like I have literally – like I go to the bathroom like really well once or twice in the morning and then like maybe once in the afternoon. Like – Oh, wow. And I don't even yeah, that's eat amazing. that much. Yeah, like I'm killing it lately. <laughs> that's great. See, it's just finding the right thing for you too, right? And I think that's that's the thing. It, everything, supplements, diet, skincare, everything, it's so individual. There's really not a one-size-fits-all approach. So it can be frustrating, and I'm sure you've gone through it too, because you do have to do quite a lot of trial and error. And the only person who can really do it is is yourself, right? You, you can't mm-hmm. listen to this blogger, that blogger. You know, everyone's had a different success story because it's their success story. So you have mm. to be really careful too with, you know, you just have to to find the right avenue for you. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you also like, I think doing tests um, every few months is really important. Like I recently, you know, this is just going to be a podcast all about shitting. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I recently did a stool test about two, a month or two ago um, with this other holistic nutritionist that I work with. And um, her name's Gabriella Peacock. I actually had her on my podcast. She is loving like gut health um, science as well. So she did um, she gave me this stool test kit and like we sent it in because I was having some really bad digestive issues a few months ago for so long. Like I had the worst like stomach cramps all the time. I felt like I was intolerant to a bunch of things. Like I felt like I was eating so healthy, but it just still wasn't working. And um, this just proves that it's not just eating that will help your gut. It's like it's the supplement thing. Totally. So basically, yeah, I did the stool test and I just got my results. Like two weeks ago. And this is why I've been going to the bathroom so well, because ever since two weeks ago, she put me on um, these supplements because I have a really well, I used to have a really bad bacteria living in my gut. Mm. I forget which one it was. But it was like, really bad. It was almost, um, you know, I'm gonna actually look it up because you I have it on my phone, you actually might know what it is. So yeah, it's anyway, I had this bad bacteria. So now I'm taking berberine and grapefruit seed extract pills. Um, three times a day with ev- with food and I need to do that for a month and then I'm going to do it like only a couple times a week for another month and then just once a week for another month and it's going to kill this awful bacteria and this is like a natural way of doing things I could be on antibiotics but yeah of course fighting against it yeah so yeah, um it just goes to show you too I think you know what it's if you if you I mean bottom line everyone can get blood work done so I think this is kind of the same thing for hormone work right like people come to you and I can you know, I can do a lot based on symptoms, but obviously the best thing to do. And when I was dealing with my chronic acne as well, I went and got the Dutch hormone test. I don't know if they, do they have that in, in the UK? Have you heard of it? I haven't the Dutch it, hormone test? I want to do it. I don't know. It's great. You should do it and just talk about it on the podcast actually, because it's actually fascinating. So you, you basically, I'm going to write this yeah, down. Yeah. Write it down. They, they must they must sell it into the UK because it's based in the States. But I think basically they just send you the kit and then you send it back to their lab and then they give you this detailed report of basically every hormonal cascade going on in your body and also like dopamine, serotonin. So it's anyone- It's a blood test? It's a, it's a, a urine test. So you get little okay. strips and you have to pee on the strips at certain times of day um, and they test your cortisol. So like adrenal health, like it's this full spectrum test. And it like blew my mind wide open because I was finally able to know why I had the acne. So, and it was, it was right in front of me. So same thing, like you were saying with the gut stuff, I was like, okay, I'm super high in testosterone. I'm super high in estrogen. That's like double whammy for skin. Like those are the two (laughs) worst things to be high in because testosterone's oil production. So it's clogged pores and estrogen is obviously just a mess. So yeah, finally, you. I was able to basically tailor my supplements and approach because I knew exactly there was no guesswork anymore, right? No way. So that's that's the nice thing about getting testing done. So I'm like all for that, especially especially for acne, especially if you think it's got a hormonal root, because you can usually tell when there's a hormonal root because there's a certain characteristic to it. So it has it's along the jawline or it's on the neck or the chest or the back. Chin. And it then comes with like, you know, your cycle. It's like a cyclical kind of I get I get spots around my chin every oh. Every time I get my period. There you go. Yeah. So you've got some sort of like hormonal imbalance going on there. 
But um, I've actually, okay, you might disagree with this and I kind of disagree with this, <laughs> okay. but I have the Armin plant birth control and it's like the lowest birth con- or the lowest hormone birth control. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. I, I don't want to do the fucking um, like temperature testing thing. I, I thought I wanted to for a while, but like it's not 100%, you know? It's not 100% if you just do the temperature. You're right. So I'll, can I give you my little spiel on birth control and acne? Please, okay. yes. So I obviously – oops, sorry. My earbud fell out. I obviously was on – I was on birth control for acne for 10 years. So the doctor – I started getting acne when I was 12 and the doctor put me on on birth control at 12. So I st- – that's young. That's very, very young. I think I'd maybe had like one one or two cycles of my period, if that. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. So I mean, looking back on now, it's no wonder it's – it happened the way it did. Um, so I stayed on it for 10 years and then my body was was screaming at me to get off of it. Um, so I kind of just went off cold turkey intuitively and that's when my hormonal acne unleashed itself. So it was the worst it's ever been. It was all over my face, deep, cystic, whiteheads everywhere and my entire back, like oh my, my whole – from shoulders all the way down to basically my butt. It was covered what and, did you do? Well, that's the thing. It was, I mean, what could I do? I had everyone, you know, all my friends being like, you just got to go back on the pill. And I was like, that's just not an option for me because once I got, got off the pill, I realized what I was actually like, like my mm. true, you know what I mean? Like I had been, I hadn't made any of my own hormones in 10 years. So that's mm-hmm. what happens to the pill. You're not ovulating. So you, you've just had synthetic hormones. So it's a really different experience coming off of that after so long. So I really didn't want to go that way, but that basically began my, oh God, what was it? Six year journey. It took me to get clear skin. Um, Do you have clear skin now? I do have clear skin now. So I obviously am acne prone, so I'm sensitive. Like I, you know, here and there, if I'm stressed, I'll get a spot. Um, I sometimes still suffer from those like closed comedones. So those like little under the bumps, but I do not like... you link my Instagram. You'll see the before and afters. Like it's what's your Instagram? It's getglow.t.o. Okay. Oh, I've seen you on Stella's thing. I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. I'm always with. Oh my god, you have seriously revolutionized your skin. Yeah, it's wild. But it took so so long um, to get there. And you know what? At the end of the day, I went to all these people who didn't get what acne was and that was the issue. So I was spending thousands of dollars. And I mean like – I mean when you're – if you look at the pictures of when I had, you know, bad skin, I was desperate. Like I would have done – I would have done anything anyone told me to get clear skin. If they promised me that they'd get me clear skin, I would do it. Um, But the issue is – and it's why I I became an acne specialist myself – is that – if you haven't gone through that journey and you haven't had acne, you haven't healed yourself naturally from it, you don't get it. You just don't understand how complicated, how complex, what it actually takes to heal it. And, you know, there's very few people out there practitioner-wise like that have gone through it themselves. So how on earth are they supposed to understand? Not to mention there's such an emotional and psychological component to skin. It's honestly probably 40% of it. It's, it's, it can cause crazy depression, self-esteem issues. There's like obsessive thoughts about it. So you also have to address that with clients too. Like it, it, when I say holistic approach, like it really is a holistic approach. It's like every single piece of the puzzle plus external care. Absolutely. It's like with anything, 
appearance wise like for example if you gain weight from being on the pill or if you get acne from being on the pill or like something drastically changes and like there's no doubt you're going to be self-conscious one of my cousins she's suffered with acne her entire life and like you know it's she I remember always fighting with her (laughs) because when we lived together she was like oh my skin you have such good skin and I was like oh like your body you're so naturally (laughs) skinny and your metabolism like I need to like eat the day to lose weight like, yeah, it's so you know, true it's so true so and just you know what yeah being our own worst critics too right like it's it's funny like I you know when I do when I was in kind of the midst of the worst that my skin was when I broke down da- I broke down one day to my friends I was just like I can't do this anymore and they kind of all looked at each other they're like what like we didn't even realize you had bad acne like do you know what I mean like they're not they're looking at they were looking at my eyes like they were looking like they just weren't looking at my skin the way I was mm-hmm. So it just mm-hmm. goes to show you, right? It's just you're so people are so hard on themselves and it breaks my heart, especially being in this industry. Like that's all I do all day, every day is like is, you know, do consults with with clients who are in really bad spaces about their skin. And it's it really never gets easier for me to hear. It's just it's so heartbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. It's so heartbreaking. So let's go back to like actionable tips that the listeners can can do. So obviously taking tests and yep. and not just supplementing randomly because you think it'll work. Um yeah. that's for sure. What else? Like what else can we do? Like like is it really important to like change your pillowcase a lot or like use a certain type of skincare? Like what is it? Yeah. So skincare is hard. Um, like I said, it's, it's very overwhelming. The beauty industry is kind of all over the place, promising all these things, avoiding like I, I don't like oils. So I would not recommend oils on the face at all. Um, and that it's unfortunate because that usually cuts out all natural products. Because every natural product has some sort of oil in it. Um, Changing your pillowcase for sure. Um, You know, if you're, if you have really bad, like, um, kind of, cystic acne, you definitely want to make sure the bacteria is not spreading. So probably changing them every other night. If you, if you're really in the like depths of healing, if you just kind of suffer from, from pimples here and there, I would do it twice a week, but then change the, like flip the pillow over each night. Um, and then using basically like a really gentle, um, laundry detergent. So it's not, nothing like harsh, nothing like Tide, none of those like kind of regular brands that you would find in the grocery store, get it from a health food store, try to make it as gentle and fragrance-free as possible because that does really help with um, body acne as well. Body acne-wise too, make sure that you're um, every time you work out, you're never re-wearing your clothes um, because it's also really common for people to have acne on the bum and the back and the chest. So anytime you're sweating, try to get a shower in like right away after. Same thing goes for washing your face if possible. Um, but I, I like a gentle cleanser and then I really do like acid. So hyaluronic acid, mandelic acid, salicylic acid, uh, glycolic and lactic are also really good acids that um, I find are super, super effective and not too harsh or drying. Um, those would be kind of my like top tips for that. And then you know, seek someone out who can kind of like help navigate you if you have to do hormonal stuff as well. There's also pimple patches called Averell pimple patches you can get off of Amazon. So if you have like a whitehead that's about to like form, you pop that on at night and it kind of draws everything to the surface a lot quicker. So with the healing times a lot less. Um, and you can also, if you have like an open lesion, you can put kind of one of their more AM patches on during the day so you don't get a bunch of like dirt, debris, makeup in it. So it also kind of helps with healing time. And then my, okay, my so, uh, yeah, go ahead. Wait, go ahead. You go ahead first. Uh, my <laughs> last really big tip would be to ice. So 
Um, anytime you feel something coming up, you can either get an ice roller off Amazon where you just like pop the, the pop it into the freezer, or you can get one of those like gel ice packs, you know, like the med spas have those like gel ice packs. Um, mm. and you just basically like ice your face and get the inflammation to go down and calm down basically every morning and every night if you've got active acne. And that helped me so much. And it seems like such a simple tip, but it really helps calm things down. And that would be, that's really good for rosacea too. Okay. So quick question. Yeah. Do you pop your pimples if they're ready to burst? Like if you're about to go to a party and you have a big ass whitehead pimple on your forehead, what do you do? Yeah, I don't pop. And I know so even you would go to the party with the pop with the with the whitehead. You should see what I would have gone to parties with when I had so many whiteheads. It was it's so much better for the skin to let it pop on its own. So that being said, if you're washing your face and it pops like on its own, that's fine. I would I would you know maybe try to squeeze the extra out. But there's no usually there's no way you're properly popping that pimple and you're gonna end up having it just come back. So what usually happens with whiteheads if you pop it. And yeah, you might think it's ready, but they're usually not if they're not kind of like either going down on their own or popping on their own. And you can usually never get all of that gunk out. And so the next mm-hmm. year you're going to wake, wake up with another smaller white uh, whitehead, you know? Yeah. But blackheads have- or like small, small whiteheads, like I'll push out. Um, but those yeah. big angry guys where, you know, like they hurt or they have a pulse, do not touch them. Oh my God. I have literally, I remember a few months ago, I was about to like film for something and I had a pimple on my chin and I was like, it needs to go. So the night before I took a hot, like a needle and I, I like sterilized it with a, (laughs) with a lighter Oh God! and I went in, I, I like (laughs) severed my own skin and got the juice. I forced the juices out. (laughs) And what happened the next day? It was not a pretty sight. No, see, Let's just it say always got angry. Up, yeah, it always ends up being a disaster. And the problem too, like I was mentioning with that kind of like obsessive kind of compulsive behavior with acne is picking. So I mean, my, myself included, but most of my acne clients too. And I'm there like, that's a, a whole thing. A lot of people suffer from skin picking. Um, so you kind of look into the mirror, see all these blackheads, see all these simples. And like, it's almost just like you black out and start picking your entire face. And then, you know, mm. something would happen. Like my roommate would walk in or my boyfriend would walk in and I'd be like, oh my God, like I've just demolished my face for 30 minutes without even like thinking about it. It was just kind of like, it was a very compulsive kind of kind of feeling. Um, but it always ends up wreaking havoc on the skin because it's so irritated and angry after, right? Totally. Oh my God. I've been in that exact same yeah. place with like the blackheads and just like, <sighs> you're just doing harm than good. Yeah. So how would you get rid of blackheads then? Like if you can't pop them? Well, blackheads, I don't mind extracting. Blackheads are very different than, than like a big white head or a cyst. Uh, Cysts especially like do not try to pop those. Those will just get angry, angry, angry. Like the ones that are under the skin and haven't really come to a head, like you need to let those babies chill ice, ice, ice. So blackheads I'm fine with like after the shower, just like taking Kleenex and then like trying to, to force them out. But I, you know, the good thing about facials is for blackheads. Like I'm not a huge proponent of facials for acne clients if they're doing tons of extractions and they're using product that could be irritating. So if they are using oil. So if you can go to like a high quality uh, medical spa, and I'm sure they have this in UK, it's called the Hydra Facial. It's, I've uh, done that. Yeah. Oh yeah, you've done it? Mm-hmm. How did you like it? Yeah, I loved it. Except they went way, like I think 
the place I went to last year, like I got it once. I liked it for my nose and stuff, but they fucked up because they also did a chemical peel the same oh, day. And like, no, they were going real deep in and like, they just like went crazy on my chin. Ooh. And like, I didn't even have any spots on my chin, but I left with spots. I was like, what the fuck? So it was just too intense. It wasn't really professional, but like, yes, I actually think I had it one time before that too. And it was good. Like, I think just, just making sure not to, uh, yeah, there's no way because yeah. the hydrofacial has acids. So there's no, way you should be getting a peel on top of that so that was that was their bad that was their bad but you know what I did um a few days ago I got a microneedling facial and I fucking Uh, loved it yes 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 oh and you can also derma roll at home as well that helps with blackheads and those closed comedones it's uh it's one of those things like I would just start like with with like a small kind of roller to begin with and see how your skin does. But microneedling for scarring, um I don't suggest doing it if you've got active acne, but once you're at the um kind of scarring hyperpigmentation stage, there like microneedling's the best of the best. So if you can, you know, afford to do that and go to someone who you trust and and is a really good esthetician handling it, I would yeah, there's like nothing better because it basically regenerates the skin. So, okay, tell me, what about products now? Like, this is advice for somebody who doesn't know anything about, like, natural products, like, things just, you know, the the cheap stuff at the drugstore will be fine. Like, what do you suggest people buy that's, like, not too expensive? Because a lot of those natural, good-for-acne products are really pricey. What's something you can find kind of anywhere that is safe for your acne skin? Yeah, so <laughs> that's a hard one. Um natural again i wish that i could tell you that that you could get something natural um there's so many different lines bioderma is a really really good one uh like i said too like i i do not claim in any way to be like an external care expert i think there are people that are you know have way more kind of knowledge base than that i just go off what years and years and years of like trial and error has worked for me. So just finding, basically I just go off like pore clogging ingredients. I have a list um, and I make sure that the cleanser that I'm using is just like really, really gentle. I usually do like a double cleanse. Um, Bioderma has like a pretty good line for that too. Cause you can find that anywhere. Um, I was using one um, by face reality, but it's like, it's a company in the States and I'm not, I'm not sure I like still love it, but then I would get a, a hyaluronic acid. So like a hundred percent pure hyaluronic acid. So you can get that on Amazon, just make sure it's a hundred percent pure. And I would be using that in the morning and the evening, high quality, like medical grade sunscreen during the day, especially if you're using acid. So that's also going to give you a little bit more moisture. Um, Tizo is one that I like. I, Bioderma I've heard has also a really nice sunscreen. I haven't tried it yet myself. I'm using that. It's T-I-Z-O that I use. It's like the mineral sunscreen. Um, and then at nighttime, I kind of rotate my serum. So, um, mandelic serum, salicylic serum, um, and either like glycolic or, um, lactic acid serum at night. And then that's kind of like what I do to make sure all of my bases are covered because one of them is like antibacterial. One of them really helps with exfoliation. The other one kind of plumps up and actually moisturizes the skin. And that way I kind of have something going on each night for my skin to kind of keep everything at bay. Amazing. All right. So since you specialize in more internal ways to cure skin issues, let's go back to the gut. So if someone's eating super healthy and they've done the test and they're taking the supplements, is that all? Like you have to just do the test and or do the um, you know hormone test, stool test, whatever it is you want to do and then take the supplements or like are yes. there other things? So like, I mean, not everyone can afford the test. So I would say... Ugh. 
probably 60% of my clients like haven't done testing, but we just work together and kind of, the thing with acne is once I, I've gone through myself and I've seen it the same story. It's mostly women coming with hormonal acne post pill. So that's the most common thing I see is, is women who have broken out. You either break out basically at the three month, the six month or the ninth month period after getting off the pill for a long time. So we're trying to do the gut. So things like, and here, this is a really good easy tip. This is my morning tincture that I tell everyone to be on. So every morning you do a warm uh, filtered water m- mug of water with half a squeeze lemon, apple cider vinegar, camu camu powder, which is like a high density nutrient dense vitamin C powder basically, um, and then some collagen and then mix that all up and start your day with that. So it's good for the gut because of the collagen and the apple cider vinegar and the lemon's good for detox and then everything's good for skin as well. And then the progesterone or sorry, the camu camu powder actually helps raise progesterone levels naturally as well. So it's kind of like this all in one elixir, skin elixir. Do you have that every morning? Every morning. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. Amazing. And people so, don't love the taste, but you'll get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it makes you feel good. It does. Um, it does. So true. I love collagen. So quickly, another thing. Um, Do you put everybody on the same kind of higher fat, higher protein, very low carb diet if they're trying to to clear their skin? Or are there other types of diets that could work for them? Also, what are some foods to really avoid? I know we were just talking about not avoiding everything, but what are foods that like really trigger acne? Yeah. So again, basically my clients and I talk about what they're doing. I get a diet diary from them. I always like want to see what they're up to. If they're eating well already, I usually say, let's not stress about the food so much. Let's really just focus on, you know, taking care of the other moving parts. Um, I give a list of basically foods to enjoy. It's for the most part, just like whole foods, like clean protein sources, um, as well as like a bunch of healthy fats and probiotic and prebiotic foods. The foods that you don't – and so the thing is too, some people do have trouble with fats. So they'll come to me and be like, fats break me out. But it's not the fat itself. It's you're having trouble – your body's having trouble digesting it. So that's where something like um, the digestive bitters really, really come into play because it might be an issue with your gallbladder. So the gallbladder has has a lot of a uh, lot to do with like the fat because it produces bile. So if you're not producing enough bile and you're breaking out when you're eating fat, that to me is kind of indicating that we have to do something with with the gallbladder. So it's like certain mm. things like that, right? It's like you're like a little detective trying to like figure out each case on a case by case basis. But generally, yes, people do really, really well with like a pro eating like fat, protein, um, fiber, greens at every single meal. And then the things that you really you want to steer clear of for the most part that are triggering definitely dairy, definitely sugar, definitely anything like processed, refined, packaged, anything with ingredients you cannot pronounce, steer clear of that. Um, and then yeah, peanuts are actually a really big triggering one. Some people really don't do well with like foods high in iodine as well. So like seaweeds, kelps, I kind of stay clear from that apart from the odd sushi. Um, but that's, that's, that's one that people don't often look at. So if again, people are, cause seaweed and kelp, they are very nutrient dense and iodine in theory is good for you, but it can really have adverse effect on some. Again, it's all individual, right? Like some clients are absolutely fine with dairy and others, it, you know, they eat one piece of cheese and they do break out the next day. So that tells me too, like if their diet is clean and they're still having breakouts, it's either a digestion thing where 
they're not either they're not assimilating the nutrients from their food, so they're not really getting anything from the healthy food that they're eating, or they're really not digesting it properly. So you know they're they're not having bowel movements, or they're just having diarrhea all the time. And again, they're not assimilating anything. So what if um, a client of yours was having diarrhea all the time and like wasn't you know like you know getting rid of <laughs> their food properly, let's just say, and they were eating really healthily, what would you say? Yeah. So I would just say we needed to do some supplemental work. So, you know, usually bulking up, like my favorite thing for that is to just like take basically a tablespoon to two tablespoons of flaxseed and a little water before bed every night. That kind of bulks up the stool. So again, are they getting enough fiber, um, like high quality fiber to kind of like bulk things back up? Um, are they on a high quality probiotic? Are they taking things like L-glutamine that's really like healing and sealing for the gut? Um, are they is there are their bowels like really inflamed? Like what what's going on? You kind of have to pinpoint, and it is it's a bit of like trial and error too, um, finding the right supplements for the for the right person. But generally, that's what I would start with if they're having like crazy diarrhea all the time. Yeah. And like my digestion wasn't great. Like I said, a few months ago, or like even a month ago before I started taking these supplements to kill that bad bacteria. And by the way, I found the bad bacteria and, um, it's called, I I don't even know how to pronounce it, but you might not even know it, whatever, but it's, it was a potential pathogen. Okay. So it could have started causing IBS leaky gut. So thank God I got, um, I'm getting a hold of it now because, it could have caused massive issues and I was eating so healthy and I still wasn't going to the bathroom properly. But now ever since I've been taking these pills, these natural pills, the berberine, what is it? Berberine and grapefruit seed extract. Like my, my movements have been like so great and like, I feel so much better. So it's maybe even like a a gut issue that's bacterial. Oh, a hundred percent or a parasite. Like that happens a lot too. Like parasites and skin that, that definitely, that, and like candida overgrowth is another big one. Like I had to do that whole diet too. Cause I had had candida when I was dealing with my acne. Like it, there's yeah. so many moving parts, right? Like I did gut work. I did liver work. I did lymphatic work. Like then I worked on my kidneys and then still I was getting acne. So then I was like, let's try candida, which is generally like kind of the same thing as what you're doing, right? Like you're trying to kind of kill a bad bacteria overgrowth. So it was, it was mm. taking herbs like you were, like you're taking now and trying to kind of kill it. And then you have to like rebuild the favorable bacteria back up. But you know, do you know, do you know about the bad bacteria? Do you know the names? I don't know. I'm not, I, so, I'm not like a gut health expert at all. Okay. So mine was Klebsiella pneumoniae. I don't know. It was oh like really high up, like really bad. Like we're supposed to have it, yep. this bacteria, but just like low doses and like it just overgrew. It's just so weird gut bacteria. Like it's literally the strangest thing to me because it affects everything. Like my moods have already been better since being on these pills. Like, oh, of course. And it's crazy how just like some natural like, grapefruit seed extract can like kill a strong ass bacteria right? in your gut. I know. It's mind blowing. It's really mind blowing. And I love that, you know, I think the natural kind of approach to health is getting a lot more traction these days. And it, it really is just so awesome to see because especially as a nutritionist and like learning all of this stuff in school and hearing all these stories about how antibiotics and medications and all of these diseases have been avoided just by, by you know, supplements and diet. I mean, it's just mind-blowing. It's amazing. Mm, absolutely. All right, really quickly, going back to the birth control yes. thing, um, what are some, like, non-hormonal birth controls that you would suggest? 
Yeah. So, I mean, if we're talking about like my definite opinion for like, if you have skin issues, um, I would just do the, the chart, the tracking thing. So if you can, if you can do the temperature, the cervical mucus, and then just like seeing where your cervix is like in your cycle, that would be ideal. It's not easy. I switched over to it. I forget all the time. It's like, it's not ideal. Um, I use condoms. I know people hate them. Um, but it's, it's the most effective method for the, and to get the girl to not have to, to do that. And, you know, once there are certain months that I'm really, really good at tracking my temperature where I feel like it can be a bit more lenient. Um, and the cervical mucus too, is like, that's pretty, it's a pretty good indication. So if you got both of those, um, what's the cervical mucus thing? I only know about the temperature. Yeah. So you just, um, you know, it's basically just, you're making sure you're looking at your discharge throughout the month and, and kind of figuring out you can based on the consistency the color you can kind of figure out if you're ovulating where you are in your cycle so you get a really good good app like natural cycles or um flow living's another really good one by elisa vidi um and you plug in basically what your cervical mucus looks like your temperature and any symptoms that you're having so each day excuse me you're kind of plotting what's going on and the app kind of makes up this algorithm for you of when you're ovulating and the days that you're fertile and not. Um, but the, yeah, the mucus is a, is a good one to kind of get to know too. Cause it's just, the more you get to know about your body, the better, right? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, I might like, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Cause of my arm implant, I got it in like three months ago and it lasts for three years. Okay. And like, I just want to know what my body is like when I'm not well, that's, on hormones. That's the thing, right? And I think oh. if you can if you can get through just like a couple months and just, you know, using condoms for that couple months and just kind of dealing with it just so you can see what your baseline is and then kind of decide from there. That's what I always like recommend people doing before just jumping back on the pill because I know I get it and I get the panic too, especially when you, you know, you're, you're getting that post-pill acne and it's probably always going to happen. We can do our best to transition people off properly but most people aren't transitioning properly because they're not seeing a you know an acne specialist who's like okay this is what we have to do to make sure that you're not getting that post pill inflammation and acne but just yeah and i think giving your body a break from synthetic hormones is like super important too just for future things like if you want to have children or you know what i mean yeah exactly the children thing yeah. but like this is just so easy right now. And I might, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Like the other thing is I'm not really getting my period, which mm. I know seems weird and like not womanly, but it is easy too. you it's know, easy. it is easy, but you know, you do, the ideal is that you do want to ovulate on your own every month, which is just impossible with, with any like synthetic contraception. So it's, that's just something to think about, right? Like researching into, into your options. And I think like, it's really good to keep having these conversations on these different platforms just so, cause I'm not, a, it's not like I'm anti pill. I'm just, I, I want people to be, I want women to be educated about what it's doing to their bodies and then decide. And that's very different from going to a doctor's office and just saying, okay, like I get cramps, here's the pill, here's the ring, here's the, you know what I mean? It's no mm -hmm. one, you know, there's a lot more information available about it now. And I really like, I passionately believe this should be taught to girls in grade six health class. It's, it's insane to me that it's not, you should be able to know all about your, like, I didn't even know there were different phases of your period until I went to holistic nutrition school. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Me I'm like, either. phases? Later on. What is this? And like crazy. I didn't even know what ovulation was. Like I heard people talk about it. I'm like, and I had no idea. No idea. Mm -hmm. So it goes mm -hmm. to show. 
seriously does. Oh, okay. I'm going to have a think. I have like so much going on in the next few months, but like maybe early next year, I'll consider getting it taken. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say too. If you have a lot going on, adding that to the mix right now is probably not the best thing either. It has to be the right time and you have to feel good about it because it has to be an empowering process. Because if it's not, Mm. you're, you're just gonna, you know, be in your head about it. If something does happen, you're going to be like blaming yourself. I think it's just, you want to make sure it's a really positive process that you're feeling pumped to get off it. And you're like really ready for that next phase. Yeah, I think I want to convince myself a bit more. Like right now, it's just like it was so painful getting it in. And yeah. I'm just like, ugh. But I've heard it's fine Honestly. to get out. I've heard it's not It's not bad to get out. Just just getting in is horrible. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> well, we've already hit 45 minutes. Amazing. Thank you so much, Meg. This was such a fun podcast. I feel like we could do so many more. Yeah, we should. But like – like acne stuff or whatever, we can get some listeners to maybe write in and yeah. give some suggestions. I was going to say, you should get people to ask questions because I would love to answer any questions people have on acne. Because there's, again, like there's just not a lot of people out there that are that are doing this work. So I just want to spread the word. Yeah. So guys, if you have any questions um, for Meg, go follow her Instagram and send her a DM yes. and, or send me a DM too. And, and we can uh, we can get her back on to do a little Q&A. Yeah, I would love that. So do you want to give your info again and like where people can find you and stuff? Yeah. So my Instagram again is getglow.t.o and then my website's www.getglowto.com. So you can find me there and then yeah, DM me. I always love to hear from people. Amazing. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you, Mimi. This is awesome.